Rest, recover, rise with 4-5 CBD oil. The world's first certified 0% THC CBD oil. 4-5 CBD oil. For athletes, by athletes. It's not the length podcast. Welcome to It's Not the Length Best Bits. Your host Paul Evans here, and I've been through and picked out some highlights from the vocal cords of myself and my co-host Ben Mundy and put it together into a best of pod. Hope you enjoy the show. Resilience domination of the world tour. It's a new dawn, it's a new era. Australia is dead. California has never really been that good. I guess Florida was just a one-man show. It's all about Brazil. Obviously, he's got Hawaii in there too, mainly represented by John John Z. But what incredible dominance by Brazilians of Medina with Toledo with why, Ferreira. Why, why is that good? I just think it's fresh and new. Something in surfing for a while, Brazilian was it sort of seen. It was like a put down in surfing, wasn't it? It was like it was it was associated with beach break specialists. Yeah, exactly. It's associated with people that totally charge and national bullshit. They're completely dominant. They're just some new energy. I mean, apart from the fact that it's good to see Australia just coming nowhere and really, you know, kind of not even a, well, a shadow of their former selves. Um, I just love the fresh energy, and I think that that's going to only go from strength to strength. There's loads of talent down there as well, the young ones coming through. Um, great times. Really excited to see Brazil do what they do best. Everyone talks about their passion. It's become a little bit of a sort of a cliche for it all. But, you know, I like what they're doing. And, I, you know, being an Australian yourself, when you look down, you see Parker's now retired. Mick and Tuck, well, Mick Tuck. Mick and Tuck aren't dead, but they're like dead in terms of like the world tour. You're not, you haven't even got your beads around anymore. So you're sort of pretty consistent performing in the future. Yeah, you must think, you know, is it, is it, do, you, do you really get excited about Julian Wilson? I mean, let's keep this positive, this is a good, but like, is he, is he the future? I think. He's, he's, yeah, well, it's the only chance, really, for Australia uh, to get a world title. Brazil's the present, Brazil's the future, and I think that's great. Oh, shit. <coughs> Ben, what else have you got that's uh, John John Florence, speaking of previous world champions, he was uh, there was a bit of a um, chat about usually um, around the world title, um, the previous world champion hands over the trophy to the, uh, the, well, the new one, the incumbent. Uh, John John didn't do that. He wasn't there. That's because he was in Australia. And the reason he was in Australia is because he was racing in the Sydney to Hobart yacht race, which is a famous yacht race um, that goes from, funnily enough, from Sydney to Hobart. Uh, it starts on Boxing Day. It's a massive affair in Australian sporting calendar. It's a pretty serious race. I think three years ago, the storm took out 55 of the 100 boats. Eight people died. Uh, in this case, the weather was better. But, uh, yeah, John John was on, on his mate's boat. The boat was called Winning Appliances. Not one of the great boat sort names. Of nautical boat names of our time. Winning Appliances. But, um, <laughs> no doubt, it didn't matter. He got uh, second in his division. And he got ninth in line on it. So he's the ninth, ninth boat over the line now. I know he was probably just hanging at the back, doing some rope sort of stuff. I don't know. You're more of the, the yachty than me, Paul. You're wearing the, uh, the deck shoes and got the outfit on as we speak, that little cap on. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a serious race that serious sailors need to be. And uh, John John just took it on came ninth. I can pretty good effort. I really respect his creativity and come up with some innovative ways of sort of snubbing Medina. <laughs> and it's like BBC Sports Personality of the Year and they always do like the cross to Andy Murray he's always in Florida. Doesn't yeah. give a shit, does he? He's like, yeah, I couldn't really be bothered to come in for, you know, he's won. Couldn't really be bothered to come in. It's a little bit like that. It's like, yeah, what can I come up with this time? I know I'll do a boat race rather than, you know, hand over my yeah. world title trophy in my backyard. Paul, have you got anything else that's... <laughs> <laughs> I would like to really applaud the World Surf League and uh, Ben, you're in their sort of team of staff writers, so maybe you can... I would say, I think staff writers have been kind of more senior contributor. You occasionally post a blog on the homepage, but yeah, I, you could pass on my compliments. I thought it was an excellent decision with the wild card. There's always a lot of chat about injury wild card. I think it's a bit of a misconception, not really necessarily for injuries. That's normally the reason why they hand it out, but it's not, it's not for who got hurt the most. And then we had a little bit of chat from... Co- it's just a wild card. It's just a wild card. It's not an injury it's just card. a body. It's just a body. So they both... They gave it to two subs who were injured, obviously Kelly and John John. And, and Kyra Belly, you know, bless his heart, had a little bit of a cry about it. And I, I, I am with him. He's, he makes valid points. The idea of a wild card, though, is it doesn't really matter who deserves it on the numbers. or That's the opposite of that. A wild card is like a wild card just to put someone in because it'll make the whole thing better. And I think, you know, even Kyra's family and maybe even his wife 
girlfriend. Even Kyle probably, himself would probably agree that events are probably more exciting with Slater and or John John in than him. Can I can I read out what he what Kyle, uh, <laughs> what he wrote on his Instagram? I did like he he, he went hard on Kelly, didn't he? He said, I mean, this is a Google translation, so. Uh, it was probably actually written worse than this. Oh, I disagree with the decision. Kelly used and abused. He went to Fiji, 20 foot during the Karams event, stayed third in the pool, and did not go to France the next week. This is his second consecutive year that he uses the same card. Is it fair? Question mark. Wow, so it's used and abused. Yeah. Some big words taken on the go. He's got 20, he got 14th in his first year and he hasn't been in the back since. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I like his passion. Um, and can I just squeeze in another quick good while we're at it? Is um, oh, yeah, also I can. I'd also like to bring um, the surf world's attention to a Twitter account called Full On Steez. I don't know if you're following that. He's only got about 700 followers. It's pretty amazing. Let me just read out a couple of some of my favourite ones. We had a little bit of chat about Connor Coffin uh, in a previous episode of a previous <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And, uh, you know, not all of it was complimentary. Full on Steve said, wow, Connor is getting shacked. And if you want to see the world's least in-demand classic rock covers by a melodically challenged white guy, for sure check out his Insta. Which I thought pretty much sums up everything I hold dear to my heart. Mm. So full on Steve's. It's not the length Paul. Yes. Got anything that's... The world title at Pipe. Some people call it the, sh- the world title... Showdown, I call it the World Title Slowdown, man. Oh, wow. Uh, Paul, Paul, I like what you've done there. Yeah, I think there's... Although Pipe's obviously a great venue, I think there's a sort of fundamental issue with the sort of timing of the tour, the fact that there's those two events, you've got France, Portugal, quite a lot goes on, there's two events in a couple of weeks, and you're, you're on, you know? Even people like me maybe have slightly more sort of difficulty getting excited about competitive professional surfing at the elite level. I, I kind of get into it a bit, and like, want something to happen, and then, basically... That was in mid-October. We waited two months for Medina to serve five heats. He had to serve five heats to win the title is what he did. We had to wait two months for him to surf for two and a half hours. I'm not sure that's really kind of... I felt like we were kind of waiting sort of too long. So mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of an issue with the format. I'm trying to think how I could solve it. I do like to help out the World Surf League with just free advice. I've done it in the past. I'm not going to stop. I think the logical solution, Mandy, and you let me know what you think... Why don't they have two CTs on the North Shore? I mean, like, we, we're gonna, we've talked about the tri- Triple Crown being whack in the past. I have. Um, why don't have two CTs instead? And then you'd get, you know, really sort of ramp up again in terms of, imagine Rocky Point. Imagine a, imagine a mobile CT, mainly held at Rockies as the main venue, but hey, if it's huge, go to Wyomere. Have some heats at sunset. I, wouldn't I, that be more interesting than watching... At the risk of... Pouring some scorn bucket on this. I, mean, I, I do. I get the most. I just think there's, and it's a boring subject. There's all sorts of permit rules in Hawaii. You know, they, you can't run a comp on Rocky Point on the fourth Sunday of the fucking whatever. So, I, I mean, I'm not already. I don't want to shoot it out in flames. No, thanks for killing my dream, Ben. With, with permitting it's issues. It's flawed. I suppose you could just make sunset a CT. It's been done before. But it's permit Wouldn't issues. Wouldn't that be more of a season's ending kind of thing rather than we're nearly there. We're nearly finished. We're nearly finished. Okay, just wait two months and then uh, we're going to have five heats. Yeah, no, I get yeah. I think November's a tricky month. Tr- November is just generally the shittest month for surfing the whole around the world. So that's you need a, you need an event in November. So yeah, that's what you need, Paul. I think even an event in like not that amazing ways, as long as they're up, as long as they're decent enough ways, yeah, would, be, yeah. would be better than just not having any surfing. Yeah, I agree. Pro- it's I hard agree. to be a fan when it's not actually going on. So. And just if I just, I'll just sort of carry on with that um, <laughs> little riff. I thought you were done. Changes to the tour and to the triple crown. I've also come up with um, something better in terms of qualification. Uh, what I'd like to see instead, Ben, is I'd like to see the bottom, the ten bottom feeders on the CT. And fight in a cage and the top 10 QS's do a playoff system oh, good. where they just this do a good. surf off so you just this have 10 good. heats I like this Paul and you're surfing for your career so if you finish 25th say is it the mm. bottom 10 finish 25th you take on the winner of the QS and if you finish 34th out of 34 you take on the 10th on the QS you have a heat on the North Shore and that'd be better than watching the world title go down they're surfing for their life I like it. Amazing. Because the relegation, the CTQS relegation, well, I've been on board with this for ages. For example, in the in the women's, for example, there's one surfer, new surfer, next year in 2019, Breezer Hennessy. Oh, yeah. So Breezer is the only... Good surfer. Of the, of the 16 that surf every event, she's the only new one. 
and it's supposed to be a qualification and requalification with your freaky only good idea I've ever heard you come up with. Paul, mm. have you got anything that's... <laughs> Brazilian surfing. Brazilian domination. Well, it was, it was good a few minutes ago. Um, I'd like, uh, you know, what comes to my mind is something that you're normally more used to hearing being chanted outside the Saudi embassy. Where are the women? Where are the women? How is it possible that a country blessed with so much surfing talent and opportunity on the men's side to the point where they're completely dominating there's no one on the women's side doing anything Silvana Lima well, she was you know been around a long time she's kind of had a crack at it a few years ago she's kind of staged a bit of a comeback you know when she's, she's on, not she's on CT next year yeah. right but like she's getting on a bit she's hardly like a young up and coming nah, talent nah, yeah, she's and if you look you know you do Q of S events as we do on the broadcast there's no one on the women's QS from Brazil doing anything. No. You look at the men's QS, you see the CT, and you're like, that's impressive. You look at the QS, you're like, holy shit, they're coming in. Like, they're just, there's so many of them waiting in the wings for the women's side. There's no one there. I don't understand it, Ben. It just makes what me... What do you think? Why, me, what are the reasons? i got no idea. I just think it's, it's crazy. How, how is that possible? They must have women's QSs over there. They must be the same sort of structure or, or maybe it's they don't need structure maybe that's the key to their success in the men's is they're not going through surf club competition all the time but whatever it is it's weird that the women aren't coming through it's Evans and Mundy have done their own kind of ratings on where we think they might finish up so what we're going to do is we're going to give you our predicted position for the new guys on top not necessarily all rookies some of them are requalifiers but, um, who, you know, qualifies through the QS. We're going to give you our predicted placing and then you can like reflect on that and maybe give us yours. Right, let's start with Seth Moniz. Um, Evans reckons he's going to be in contention for Rookie of the Year and I've got him just outside the top 10 in 12th. Ben? Uh, I've got him at 17. Amazing talent, but could be inexperienced. Doug? Yeah, I, I, you're off your head, Evans. <laughs> Monday's probably more on it. Um, I see him just on the edge of qualification coming into Hawaii, which is probably a good place for him to, to be because he'll do it in Hawaii. Arkel, Ryan Callanan. I'm calling his top 10 surfer. He's got his act together. He's been on the CT for the last three months. 10th uh, in the world. Um, Evans has read the tea leaves and I've sort of studied the stars. I've got him in 15th. Oh, look, I'd be really happy for Ryan to... Um, be anywhere in between those um i think the dream would be even a little bit higher um i think he's got the ability to definitely be higher it's just uh how the year goes if he can stay injury free i can't see any reason why he won't be in the top 10 let's head back to brazil someone you know pretty well paterson crisanto i'm gonna go mad here i'm calling he's my favorite for rookie of the year i've got him just squeaking into the top 10 in 10 monday Mad as a cut snake, 27. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably with Mundy on this one. I mean, look, the kid's ability is top 10, and it has been for a long time, and that's what scares me. Um, he's never really been able to capitalise on his ability, and even this year, it, he had some absolute blinding events, and he had some shockers in between. I think consistency will be his issue. OK. Um, David Silva. I've got him in 29. 27. Yeah, I think it's going to be a real hard year for David Silva. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I can see him going back to the QS. But I can see him qualifying through the QS again, by the way, boys. So yeah, it's true. He, he's probably the best small wave surfer on the QS tour. Uh, Doug, I've actually got a new format for qualification for the QS that um, Ben's going to pass on to the World Surf League. You'll have to listen to the podcast and check it out, but it's like a playoff system. Um, I don't know if Ben should do that, mate. You're probably better <laughs> off doing it yourself. I'm not too sure if ben, they take Ben's emails. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on through. Ricardo Christie, we've seen him before in the CT. Cool guy, great surfer. I've got him struggling down in 32. Uh, lovely hair. He's better than most guys on that CT. I reckon he's going to be just on the 20, 21 mark, just, just scraping in. My head says it's going to be a tough year. My heart says he's learned a lot of lessons and he's a bloody good surfer, that guy. Like, he really is a great surfer. Um, 
I'm going to go with Ben this time. I reckon he, he should just scrape in through the CT. Hard for him to re-qualify through the QS again. I reckon that'll kill him. Hopefully, um, hopefully he's got some good advice and he doesn't even do the QS next year. He just uh, like concentrates on the CT. Um, that'd be my advice to him anyway. Okay, Leonardo Fioravanti, someone you know better than anyone. I've got him having a decent year and coming in much better than last time and coming in 19th. Uh, I reckon he's also going to come in about 16. I reckon he's safe. His houses, he's, he's good enough, and he's second year on. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you both. Um, I think a lot of the suit Leo, um, and just knowing the kid like I do, uh, you know, he's a CT surfer all day, and he'll just continue to improve year on year. Um I'd like to think he'll be a little bit higher than that. I'd like to see him in the top 15 plus next year. He's got the potential to be in the top 10 for sure. And uh, from there on, you can only see the trajectory going up. Okay, Jadson. Um, I think he's going to struggle. He's, you know, looking sort of like he's aged a bit, especially compared to some of the kind of new talent around. And I've got him not requalifying somewhere down in the height 27th, something like that, Monday. Yeah, same. I just like yeah, he's just gonna try and claim a four point five to qualify in the QS at sunset. I can see it happening again. So twenty eight. Yeah, I heard he's actually going in for some surgery uh, through this off uh, off season. He's gonna get his arms um, shortened by about six inches, <laughs> and uh, I think aesthetically. Uh, it's going to make a big difference to his surfing. <laughs> That's good. Um, nah, look, honestly, I, Jackson's just a QS surfer to me. I love the kid uh, to death, but, yeah, that's um, that's where it'll be. Okay, Solly Bailey. I had to think, I had to reflect on him for a while. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I could see him, I, I just, I've not got him requalifying. 26, I've said now. The more I think about it, that seems generous. I, I, don't, I can't see him requalifying through the CT. Uh, I disagree. I think he's a, a very high upper ceiling and he charges. He, the CT will suit him more. He's, he's quite old now. He's got a bit of experience. I reckon he's going to qualify with a bit of ease. I reckon he could be a surprise like a Wade Carmichael-esque up around the 16, 17 mark. I, I think he's going to be a bit lower than that, but I agree with you. I think he's going to requalify through the CT. Um, I think Solly's a lot better than people give him credit for. Uh, and you're right, he's done a couple of tours now. He nearly qualified last year. He was not far off the year before. Um, he's good pedigree, Solly Bailey. He's a really good surfer and he's a bit what the head judge Patamo is looking for at the moment, which is a good turn of speed. Honestly, he's the outside Mikey Wright, obviously. He's the Aussie hope next year. I, I think he can do a lot better than people... Um, are probably expecting, and that's a good thing. Uh, to come into the CT with low expectations, I think Leo proved that last year and a lot of other people proved that over the years. Um, people won't be talking about him, and that's a good thing for Solly. Lastly, Jack Freestone. Yeah, I can see him just about squeaking in. One very bold prediction I'm going to make is that Rosie's going to mention quite a few times, like, what's it like being on tour being a dad? I reckon that's going to come up a couple of times on the webcast. That, that may come up, yes. <laughs> I got him in 22. He's better than that. Surely he's not going to fuck is up he? again. Yeah, he is. He's that good. He's just... Is he? I think he is. I think he's going to get his shit together. He's going to come, like, 15. He's, he can win events. He's going to win an event at some stage. God, how annoying is that? He's like... I lo again, I love Jack Freestone, but, gee, he's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, no, uh, you're completely wrong, Evans. Like, the kids proper good. Like proper good. Don't don't doubt his um, ability. His natural talent's phenomenal, mate. One of the one of my favourite surfers ever. I'm not like, honestly, he'd, be, he'd be right up there. I'm not doubting his ability. I'm doubting his contest results. Um, so we're thinking, Jack. Back to that. Fifteen. I think it's going to be lower, and I'm going to say I'm going to side with Ben here. The kid should win an event, and let's hope it's snapper. Wouldn't that be good? It's asking the important questions and speaking truth to power and I'd like to nominate Surfer who might be someone quite close to your heart he's you know, very much an integral part of the sort of Australian sort of surfing experience and history and culture he even comes from your own hometown in 
came out with one of the great designs in Circle Technology is on four world titles. And I am, of course, talking about Mark Mr. Richards. You're, is it you're a disgrace? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do I that? I think we're going to try and keep emotion out of this and just keep it strictly well, I professional. I don't know why you would do it, Paul. I just Explain some, to me why you want to do this. So, I just sometimes I think, when I think about Emma, I think maybe does he get a little bit too much love? <laughs> you know, does he really deserve to be up there in that sort of state? He's basically one of the untouchables, isn't he? He's one of the sort of, sort of grand wizards, the quadruple whatever black belts. He's one of the... the all so how do you want to do this? You just say it, then I'll shoot down everything you say in flames. Well, there's there's different levels that we can have a rethink about MR. No, no, I'm saying it's a rethink. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just asking the questions, Ben. You, you've got to have a right to reply. If you take it as a sort of on the more superficial level, are you happy with the logo, the giant Superman logo? Like, what what is that? Is that the worst logo in surfing? It's one of the most... It's, it's tried and tested. It's stuck through. It's immediately recognisable. It makes my yeah. heart sing. Um, anyway, if I see someone on that in the surf and just think, look at that, that you know who it is. Anyway, we, we all recognise the logo, but that's you know that's not a reason to put him on the safe account. Let's let's talk about his credentials and com- competition. Yeah, I'd love to. Four world titles in a row, so seven, 79, 88, 182. I think history has shown us in, in surfing and other sports, if anyone's winning sort of can set back to back to back to back titles, what that means is there's there's a lack of proper competition for him. There's a lack of legitimate kind of other contenders when Kelly was dominant in the in the kind of 90s it was fucking Danny Wills and you know shit house. no no let me just so first first world title that he won he wasn't even on tour decent effort he won like four events in one foot surf in Japan or something in 79 and, and he ended up he didn't even go to South Africa he was shaped boards he won the world title but say 81 and 82 for example he's going up against Shane Haran Shane Haran was surfing a board with a fucking bit of sewage pipe like epoxies to the bottom he was off his head so were his boards and I think I'd like to see that surfed again I'd like to see some of those heats resurfed on proper equipment because Shane Haran was basically surfing giving himself a handicap so I, I question that I question Shane Haran what about what about Bugs Sean Thompson the at their height they were sort of coming to Dave their end Kilauea. they were coming to their Michael end Ho. Yeah, they were coming to the... The university now is a pretty strong... You're, just, you're naming great surfers, I'm not saying oh, they're that... They are all in that world title race, though, weren't they? Yeah, I just think there's something fishy about the four world titles in a row. <laughs> I'm not happy with them. Let's talk about it on Then another, he retired. Let's talk about it on another level. The busting down the door thing. Did he have his mates back? Would you want MR in the trenches? When Bugs was getting his head kicked in and they were all getting punched out... MR, I mean, oh, full respect to him for doing the right thing and behaving. Him. But was was he there backing up the boys? That just sounds, was, is he no, true he, blue, he was, Ben? He was, because Eddie Aikau chose one man to be the peacemaker. Who did he choose? Fair enough. Yeah, he raised Mark Richards. So Mark Richards went in and talked the Hawaiians down because he's there and they respect him. Why yeah. do they respect him? Yeah, he raised a fair point. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. So I'm just saying MR, really. I've met him. He's a nice enough guy. You've probably got some MR anecdotes. It's kind of a weird looking guy. Is it something that good? The weird wounded seagull? The, it was... The, it, the arm it was thing different. with the wrist? It was unusual. It was... It was not to everyone's taste. I'll say this: the giant Is that orthodox, giant, the giant Honolulu Bay, amazing. Couple of sessions off the wall. What about that? What about the fact that he was really? the last world champion to um, ride his own boards? That's good. That's 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 good. Well, let's talk about the boards, Ben, because oh, I've got one. They're bloody great. They're famous. Aren't they? Another one, Mark. They're famous, aren't they? The MR Twin. Very famous. Mm. You know, it's in the name, isn't it? The Twin, the Super Twin, the Retro Twin. I um one of my mates I go surfing with a bit Max from from you know the St Andrews <laughs> Beach Brewery. He's got a load of MRs. I mean MR, MR. He's got a load of MRs. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take out the MR Twin. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sweet. And I noticed it's actually got three fins in it, isn't it? It's got the little trailing fin. Well, you used to that, have, you used to use them back in the is day. That, is that a twin? Well, if you go, if you rushed into labour nine months pregnant with a huge belly and three babies, kind of, you go, oh, how'd you go? And you go, yeah, I had twins. Is that is that the answer? It's not, is it? No. Are they twin fins? 
They weren't they. These new models are called re- retro twins, aren't they? He's, he puts a little fin at the back just to help people out, like Max, the fucking rider. Is he essentially saying, my twin fins aren't shit, in order for it to actually go? He's always been so great. See, it wasn't that he took the idea from Reno Abelera. He was always... It wasn't his idea. He was not the man that invented it. He just... He got taught it, took it on, and made it his own. Uh, I don't want to... You know, I didn't want to mention it, but you forced me into a corner, Paul. I don't want to talk about the 500 thousand dollars he's raised for SIDS when he's um after his son died of, of early sudden infant death syndrome. I don't want to bring that up. Uh, but he's just universally known as one of the most likable, genuine um, guys in surfing. His four world titles, although he discredited them with no basis facts whatsoever, stand to the test. He retired, he still runs a shop in Newcastle. You can go up and order a board and have a chat and he will have a chat, don't worry about that. He's literally one of the most influential, uh, respected, nicest guys in surfing and and you're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> paddled out, went down and surfed a little right that's known as Monday's right, nailed a few off that, and came back, paddled out the um, the left. It was cracking. There was about six guys, like the real good local guys out on the peak. I saw one out there, and I kind of was expecting the normal canaries are sort of known for a bit of the tough fire, but these guys, I could tell straight away they were welcoming. I gave a few hoots to, you know, to sort of sp- spread the love. Got away. One of the boys called me into it. Said, "No, you have this one, mate." I was like, "Whoa!" I felt like, I mean, I, I'm not a Canary Islander, and I never can be because I'm not from here. But I think then I was given all the rights and privileges of a Canary Islander. I was effectively one of the six or seven locals that were calling the shot. Yeah, you even went so far as to say that on the live broadcast that you yeah. felt like you're an honorary local. Yeah, quite a big call, I thought. It reminded me a bit of when MR in a way, when there was a tension between the Australians and the free ride generation and Rabbit was shouting off his mouth. The wines really took in MR as one of their own. He was the only one they respected, they liked, and he was a bit of a conduit that could spread the word. I've kind of felt a bit like that. I don't want to overstate it too much. Mm. Decided to go out for the early morning surf this morning on the back of it thinking I'm straight back out there I mean I'm quite cocksure weren't you like was, swaggering down the yeah, reef yeah, had yeah. a few drinks last <laughs> night five and the boys on the way out did a bit of dancing as done well. the rock platform so I was on the straight on the inside did all that sitting out in the back there we'll let a few sets go then the set was a go I was the furthest one out in line cool got this oi I was like it's a local's wave. I, like, yeah, I know, mate. I'm a local. And I was like, you can't be talking to me. That's fine, man. I turn around and said, he's quite old, too. Very, very angry. I was like, oh, me? me? He said, yeah, yeah, this is a local's wave. You go in. You get off here. You, you're too far out. I was like, mate, I was out here yesterday with the boys, mate. How about we take it up with the boys? Because I've, I've been given the green light, you know? I've been given, like, in uh, Australian famous criminal history, Nettie, Nettie Smith was a... Notorious criminal was given the green light by the cops. He could do whatever he wanted. I'd had that. I was like, "Mate, I'm sweet. Don't worry, I'm just waiting. I'm sweet." And then he sort of paddled over and got quite aggressive, and uh, said, "Ah, oh, yeah, I might just go in." And I went in and started uh, hassling with the 13 year old girls and Rob Gunning to get some two foot left handers. So there you go. That was a bit of a swings and roundabouts, Paul. That was something that sort of yeah. shows you, you know, what you've done. What the mistake that you made? The sort of classic guy goes on holiday. Sort of, you see a lot of people go to Bali, and on like the first day, they're sort of first time in India, they're sort of shitting themselves and being really cautious, and like it's asking for not to wash the salad and like where if the ice cubes are made of mineral water. And after about day four, they're like walking down the street, just high five and going, "Yeah, what's up, Wayan?" And thinking they're like the hell local. You've done that a little bit, haven't you? You're getting a little bit carried away. Yeah. You've sort of given shit to the the guy, the sort of African guy, coming around selling the little beads and stuff at dinner. A little bit, little bit too much of spring in your step, and sometimes it's you know the universe just has a way of just bringing us back down to yeah, size, doesn't it? Rooster one day, feather dust to the next. It's not yeah, I was on, I was on the North Shore once, just chatting with Russo after a little surf at um, surf sunset. He was there hanging out with Anastasia, and he was going out with Anastasia Ashley. So uh, stage was there as well, and we were chatting, doing nice chatting, and she was like, "Oh, hey, I really like your shorts. Had these like quite sort of tight." Short shorts on, They're like a cut off denim sort of vibe, and she's obviously into fashion stuff. Who's that um, North Shore sort of tough guy dude? What was that called? The kind of mad one. 
like also sort of there and when she said the thing about like my shorts he like kind of grabbed me from behind like and pretended to perform a sort of sex act on me wow. on the bike path I'm not sure in an aggressive way or a friendly way uh, it was like uh, yeah I kind of went <laughs> so I went along with it I didn't really have any other options what was stage doing at this stage she was laughing Russo looks a bit uncomfortable <laughs> it's slightly uncomfortable yeah. And I just vibed it out, styled it out, I'd like to think, Ren. Yeah. Styled it out. Anyway, good good story. It's not the bank. Just the other day, I got I had a bit of a, uh, something was online, I forget it was, it was a good clip of some bodyboarders um, riding some big slabs. I, I, I don't mind a bit of bodyboarding in big slabs. You used, to, you used to be a bodyboarder? Yeah, it was my, that's exactly what I was. I, uh, until I was about 13 or 14, I had a choice. I remember the exact choice, like, do I got a new big board? Because back in the day, um, well, when, where I where I was, like you bought a board that was it for three years. You didn't get another one, so it was a, it was a big decision. I was I was I was tossing it up. And I went with the fiber, as we call the fiberglass boards. You ever call them fibers? Never. It's an Australian thing. All the Australian fans will, will know what a fiber is. So I got a fiber. But anyway, still got a bit of a soft spot for the, for the lids when they're charging massive ways. They often find these secret slabs. Anyway, watching it, but then after about the fourth or fifth, um, oh, actually, oh, this is a two-parter, two Paul, because the Nazare Boogie Board Challenge has been held this week in February, and that was, that was pretty impressive. They were doing like this massive launch onto dry sand. It was pretty impressive. Anyway, what I don't like, what is bad, is when they all sell the lids, they're doing the old inner tube, they do the look up, they, they put their neck back, chin to the uh, sky and look at the tube up, up, uh, just for some reason. Does it demonstrate just how very little they're doing physically to achieve a tube exactly. ride? Exactly. It's an easy thing it's to like... do and so they're trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah. And it's, 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 it reeks of try-hardness. It's like you're already lying down and holding on with both hands so it's already quite pedestrian in yeah. a way. Yeah, that's that what it is. Don't I try and like, make it look like oh. No chin. Like I'm looking up, like yeah. holding on with know. both hands. Yeah, I didn't know why I didn't like it, but I think you think you nailed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I tend to. Could they stop yeah. doing that? I just like to put out a quote, just a, a call out to all, because there's so many of the bodyboard listeners that love this pod. I mean, they're all over it. Yeah, you mentioned that on um, on air yesterday. Not with, on with recycling material, Paul. Yeah. yeah, I did. Uh, just in case you weren't watching the webcast yesterday, round one of the men's Ben did mention that, and he did get a threat, some threats on the YouTube channel, some comments from the local bodyboard community here in Canary. So I like that you're sticking to your guns there, Ben. And you're uh, it's a case of the kind of poacher turned gamekeeper, isn't it? <laughs> you used to be a sponge who feels he's got impunity to diss them for looking up. At the Not that I've got anything, anything against the Canary bodyboarding community. Or have I? Because <laughs> I did once yeah. uh, at El Cuomo on an eight-foot day after getting dropped in on, asked the guy, I said, that's a bit dangerous, mate. Can we not, you know, let's all be cool. And eight of um, said boogie boarders surrounded me and started kicking me in the head with their flippers and then sent me in. It's not the length. And it's controversial, but I think I've had enough of Stephanie Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, I know, Paul. Seven times world champion. Came back last year after a, uh, a long time layoff to get that important seventh win, equaling Lane Beachley's record. She's known for a sunny disposition. Happy Gilmore, her ever-present smile. And, let's face it, she surfs pretty good. All reasons why she's sort of been enamoured with the surf world. But you know what? I think I've had enough. What's your beef for Gilmore? I just, it's just, she just keeps doing the same thing. She's been, she's won seven world titles. Yes, that just means she's been competing for about 12 years against the same 10 people. There's only 15 girls on tour, only of which three can legitimately win the world titles. She's effectively, for 15 years, or whatever it is, been surfing against three surfers. Yes, she's got success. Sure, she can do more with her life. She talks about her guitar playing, getting up and playing with Jimmy Buffett on one afternoon. Is that really a music career, or is she just quite good at playing guitar like your mates do at parties? Can she... She's supposed to be a photographer. We'll go out and do some really important reporting. Do something different. Make a real difference, Steph. Not just win a lot of heat. I don't think that is good enough in the modern age. I think she's better than that, and she hasn't really achieved it. Mm. What about the sort of high line 
the forehand sort of high line kind of little jivey thing. We've seen that a few times, haven't we? The t- yeah. tuck leg in and go, ooh, I'm doing a high line. It's an 8.5 for a high line. Crap, yeah, Mikey, Mikey she... February. Oh, it's just, you know what, yeah, like, you never see a must. She doesn't like how to do an aerial. I mean, she's the world's best surfer. She's like 27. She's pretty young. She should be busting out massive airs. I just think there's, she's been stuck at a certain level, and sure, it's aesthetically pleasing-ish, but there's no progression. There's no change. There's no just a bit of something surprising, and I think she's just stuck in this rut, and I've, I've kind of had enough of it, Paul. Mm, what do you think about some of the ways she's been catching um, Jaws and Mavericks and Nazare? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, Paul. Uh, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen a cartwheeling down ship sterns on a ledge. Yeah, so it's just, again, she could go into that realm. She could push that realm. She could push even the free selfie realm. She could push the travel, the music, the photography, but she's just stuck. With Jake Patterson doing heat drills. I mean, I just think that there's more, there's got to be more to it than that. And for that reason, I'm advocating a quick, not even painless, a quick, painful trip to the abattoirs. Let someone else come in and take up that valuable real estate in the surfing sphere, Paul, because I've had enough. Mm, okay, well, wow, I'm quite surprised you've gone in on Steph there. Arguably, the greatest woman surfer of all time. The, as far as the extracurricular activities go, I'd actually encourage less of that. I, I think we've seen too much of her playing guitar and stuff. Surf part, mm, she's not my favourite woman surfer in the world. I think possibly death in the slaughterhouse might be slightly harsh. But there we go. Um, I'm not going to oppose you though, Ben. <laughs> I'm not going to oppose you. I'm just, rare, I'm, we're in rare agreement on this point. Well, I'm just going to abstain actually. Right. I'm just going to abstain. Which means she goes. She's in the abattoir. Ah. So happy now, are you, Gilmore? Ah. Ah. What happened down under? Yeah, I've got to make a public apology, Paul. I'm not one for public apologies. Um, I think they're a sign of uh, weakness. But in this case, I've had, a, I've had a few weeks to think about it. Um, yeah, I paddled out and read it. My home beach was, was pretty good. It was uh, five, six foot and some left hand of its famous sort of left hand sort of sucky barrels. There uh, wasn't many guys out. We had some fun waves, but I had waited quite substantially for this sort of the waves to go in on. Um, and up it popped. Well, it did pop. As, as I was waiting in turn, I waited in line. I'd sort of been pretty, pretty cool. Um, three of my mates sort of paddled out. They're a bit younger than me, but we, you know, we've literally been surfing together since they were about 10. Um, you know, I haven't lived there in 15 years, so I thought, but I still thought I had some type of reputation, you know, some remnant of reputation left, some type of credibility. And I said, look, boys, they've had it on the inside. I said, look, I'm next. That's just the way it is. I've been waiting not only 40 minutes, I've been waiting a decade for this wave. Uh, that didn't take me seriously, as not many people do. A wave popped up. It was one of the better ones I'd seen that day. I took off. I said to my mate Vish, who was paddling, I was like, mate, I am going. And he said, well, I'm in too. I'm on the inside. I said, well, and I paddled. And we both took off. I was on the on the drop. I dropped in, effectively. Let's call it what it was. Sorry. As we sort of pulled up in the tube. Now, if he'd had a, um, a you know, a GoPro, if he'd, had, if he'd had the foresight to know that I'd be out there, uh, he would have got an amazing sort of shot of me pulling into a, uh, you know, well, just in front of the curl, just could get a bit of a head dip, but he didn't. And he, he was kind of forced to straighten out, and um, and I just sort of rode off into the distance, probably got my best tube of the trip. Uh, and at the time, I didn't. You know, I thought I was in the right, but having sort of thought about it, if the shoe was on the other football, I don't know how I would have how I would have um, sort of dealt with that. Maybe it was, I was you know, on the new Medina model, Paul. Have I told you about my new surfboard? Yeah, you got you, you got. Did you get it free? Yeah, no, no, I didn't get a free. I didn't ah. pay good money off to one of the world's top shapers. But um, you got uh, a discount. Yeah. You got maybe I was channeling my inner Medina. I was, I was, you know, I was trying to obviously uh, a lay blame elsewhere. Maybe it was the Medina model Cabianca surfboard that kind of took over. But anyway, I've had a think about it. I am um, Bisha took it well. Good old Bish, he's a lovely old, lovely stick. Took it well, and um, and and we and we shook hands. It was all cool. But yeah, I still think it deserves an apology, and I'd like to uh, put the record straight on the podcast. It's on the bank. Would you like to hear a quick anecdote? 
Uh, would you like to hear an anecdote about you and putting and longboarding? Is that the question? Because I couldn't really get the question. Yeah, so basically, I'll, I'll just give you the brief version. The year, 2013, the place, Hainan Island, China, was when I part invented professional surfing in China. We were the first ever uh, professional event over there, the Swatch Women's Pro, Pro Longboard event to decide the world champion, then ASP world champion. Anyway, there's a press conference hosted by me, obviously, in our five-star hotel. Did the press conference, nailed it. The mayor of Wanning, I think it was, stormed out in a half foot, but let's not get into that, so I get bogged down. Anyway, uh, not because of me, it's the seating arrangement, which is really important in China about where different dignitaries sit. Anyway, um, it was the early days of Instagram, or my involvement on Instagram, and I saw the ASP Cup, the World Title Trophy, the iconic ASP kind of cup, and I had a really good idea for a photo. I thought I'd take it to the take it to the toilet, put it on the loo, get shots, maybe use put a filter, maybe lo-fi, maybe what some of the other ones called, I can't remember. Um, yeah, and put it on the Instagram, get some get some likes and some comments. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so real art, isn't it? Like a world champion trophy and a toilet and the juxtaposition of of all that. I can see where you're. I like. I think so. And um, yes, yeah, so I was in there. I was in the in the cubicle. It was kind of like one of those toilets. It was a five-star hotel. It's kind of in the conference suites. That wasn't like a man's or a woman's. They were just sort of toilets and a nice sort of bathroom area. Some really nice sinks and you know plants. It was really plush. Anyway, while I was in there, I thought, well, I might as well. It's been a long flight. You know, spicy food. So I had a quick. I did a quick toileting. Uh, just yeah, it was quite. A little bit of an aroma, it's all, I got it done. I uh, got my content created as well on the iPhone 4S and then flushed and came out and in the sort of communal sink area happened to be Clear Muniz, soon to be awarded that World Title Trophy and Crystal Ziggers, I think that's how you say her name, who's Anthony Walsh's wife and also a pro longboarder. Anyway, little bit awkward, I opened the door, a bit of a whiff and me holding the ASP World Title Trophy and they kind of went, Hey, I saw him. Hey, hey, and then I sort of just put it down and kind of washed my hands and picked it up, and you know everything was fine. It's fine. It's fine, Ben. It's fine. It's not fine. Can I just take this opportunity to implore, to beg our listeners to please go on YouTube and search Bournemouth Reef and find the Monday, the little clip you made where Monday goes to surf the funniest thing ever, where you get to surf the Bournemouth Reef. So here at Bournemouth Reef, and um, I've surfed all around the world, been in Hawaii and Tahiti as an editor of a big surf magazine, but this is the first uh, time in an artificial reef for me. Please, it's really funny. And then there's a, there's a guy in there from the Southbourne Bodyboard Centre, I think it's called Carl as well, with a K, isn't he? And he goes, some of the stand-ups are having a bit of trouble out where it's quite a sucky wave and then you go over the falls. It's really good. At the moment, it's definitely showing to be better as a, as a bodyboarding wave. I um, surfed it. Yeah, it's like, that's my, I think it's got like 100,000 views. That's like my, that's my biggest ever contribution to the surfing community. That fucking day, I went, the, it was open to the public on the... 1st of March and I went down there on that very morning the first day you could possibly surf it was for um, I did it for the independent the uh, newspaper over here went down paddled out I don't know if it was a surfer a bodyboarder um, started giving me the sort of stink high and I went to paddle past me he was like oh where are you going where do you think you're going I was like hey I'm just going out to surf this fucking wave and he goes oh you need to be careful and I was like mate it's fucking been open for an hour like, I'm a local. There was, like, literally an hour ago, nothing existed. There was no localism, and I was there. So, anyway, that was another little funny aside. Um, but, um, yeah, have a look. Particularly look out for when I run down the beach in quite a lovely, effeminate way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going. Check, check out the comments, because the comments, which my uh, previous partners in the company still send me when a cracker comes through, which is... Quite For stand-ups, they're finding it hard to get to their feet unless they're at quite a high standard. It's not the length podcast. Hello? Yeah, hi, Rog. Uh, Paul Evans from It's Not The Length Podcast. You're on air with Paul and Ben Mundy. I believe you've got a recent anecdote 
um, something that happened to you, would you like to share it with the surf world? Yeah, so I went down to Wales the other day with a couple of mates from Bristol and we went to this spot, I suppose about an hour away from Bristol. Um, and just to put it into context, the, the forecast was perfect. Uh, it had been the day before as well and we probably spent about six hours driving around and walking to spots and ended up surfing for about an hour in not very good waves, you know, the tide was too high or it was too low or the swell was too big or it wasn't quite big enough. We finally found this spot to surf. We pulled up to the car park, there were about seven or eight guys checking it, I suppose, three guys in the water. I won't name the spot. Um, we sort of suspected it might be a little bit local and turning up with three people might not be the best idea mm. but we went for it anyway and sort of staggered our entrance into the lineup and me and one mate after the first mate had got in walking through the car park I was, uh, was sitting in the boot of his car and he said alright boys how's it going you're from round here my mate said, oh, yeah, we're from Bristol. Bristol? <laughs> Fucking Bristol! Fucking Bristol, are you taking the piss? And we explained to him that we weren't taking the piss. Uh, and he called over his mates in the car park and said, boys, have you heard this? These guys are from Bristol! Fucking Bristol! <laughs> he was pretty angry. And my mate said, Ugh. We, uh, we won't get in your way out there. We'll be respectful and everything. And he said, you better not get in our fucking way because if you do, there are boys out there who'll do something about it. <laughs> and I said, oh, really sorry. And so he said, don't be fucking sorry. Get back in your car and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we did. John, John, I mean, I was thinking, though, you, you get these people associated with waves. You've got, like, you know, Jerry Lopez at Pike or even Jerry Lopez at Grudge again. You've, you've got your, um... Well, you know, you, you sort of... Some people synonymous with, uh, with, with the waves. Um, I mean... Oh, I'm struggling to think of something now, Paul. Help me out, buddy. <laughs> oh, Tom, throw me a bone. Tom Carroll at Pipe. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but then, yeah, for some reason now, we've, we've suddenly we've just got, we've got John John and Margaret River, John John and Mainbreak. Sort of a weird kind of um, place to, to, to be linked. But these two performances, 2017 and this year, sort of show that, yeah, when it comes to um, slightly uh, crumbly, sort of powerful, windy, not barreling, sort of right-hand reef breaks, he, he's the man. And, uh, yeah, he's... Him and Margie's, they're just they're linked forever. It's not You have the right to remain silent. Can I read Garashi, Ben? What's he done? Uh, someone else picks this up and sort of put together a string of tweets. Interesting to get a Twitter one. Normally very Instagram based. Thanks, Kano, for mixing it up. So these were, this was a flurry of tweets on the 23rd of May. People act judge depending on how many followers you have these days. Next tweet. Show me your personality forward slash heart, not a screenshot of how many followers on Instagram you have. Next tweet. I don't care if you have lots of followers or how cool you are. I'm sick of seeing it all around me. Next tweet. We're all in a simulation. I believe a higher power is controlling us. Accept it and be grateful when things are going away. Next tweet. But I don't mind it. My circle is tight. And just finally, I have trust issues. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, it's just down with spiral. Bit, what's, happened, what's happened to him? Bit going on there. That might have been one of the old jet lags of up quite late ones. Or, yeah. Um, can I Gureshi? Get your trousers on. Let's talk about one of the great captains of the surf industry getting arrested. Bob Hurley. Big Bob, big bad Bob. Hurley. Um, he's got a little quote up. It's from Hurley HQ, um, apparently. And it's a Bible quote, Ben. It says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. And that's from Peter, book one, chapter four, verse eight. Good, good point. I like the sentiment. 
Um, but laugh, that's cool. I got another got another Bible quote for you, Bob Hurley. Hurley HQ. It's Exodus chapter 21, verse 7 to 8. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be freed at the end of six years as the men are. If she does not please the man who bought her, he may allow her to be bought back again. So just, you know, just different Bible quotes, aren't they? Just different quotes, Ben. Yeah. It's just it's just a book. It's just a slave. It's your daughter. Good book. Good advice. Bob Hurley. Your Nick. Check out my article, Pale, Female and Stale. It's on Wavelength. It's all about the women on the CT. Um, I think the women are shortchanging surf fan, Ben. Talk about prize money. They've got equal prize money, which is brilliant. They're getting remunerated. I'll tell you who's not, the fan. Um, I think we're getting ripped off a little bit. I think they should get paid, the fan. In terms of entertainment, I think we're getting served up, lukewarm, mediocre. It's conservative and safe. We're getting basically cutbacks and snaps. Um, and I mentioned earlier about the ladybirds. The girls, the young girls are out there doing sick airs. You've got the big wave women charging, blowing minds. And sort of ironically, the bit that should be the, the vanguard, the cutting edge, the sharp, the pointy end, is actually the bit that's kind of letting everyone down. And... Everyone's afraid to talk about it, Ben, and I'll include you in this. Um, the sycophants, the fake news media. Evans are stri- speaking truth to power and bringing down your web of lies. And I'm, I'm prepared to call them out. I think they, I think, to, to use that term, they're better than that, Ben. Didn't and they we, need to do better. We, didn't we say that, like, Bali was a high point with Steph Gilmore's 10-point ride at, at um, uh, Karamas? was like, you know, where it was a... a, a, a Game changer, a shifting where the women had actually got to a level where you didn't care who you were watching. Weren't we talking about you that? S- you said that it was a good wave, but overall, I'm mainly reflecting on Brazil. J Bay's happening right now, but the last event, looking at Brazil, beach break, high performance surfing, no one even tried an air. It's pathetic, really. They should be doing better than that, but they are better than that, but because they don't need to, it's not the talent, it's the system. And they're actually, it's actually sort of precipitating. Don't, don't hate the player. Hate yeah. The game. And they're being rewarded for being conservative. And they're more or less in the same type of surfing that's been going on for 30 years. That's what Beachley and Anderson are doing is snaps and cutbacks. They're not, Zamba. they're not pushing Merrick. it. They're not pushing it at all. And um, I think the fans are getting ripped off. And I, as I mentioned at the top, I just can't wait for a new generation. Caroline Marks is the one kind of, you know, sh- multiple world titles should come her way but I think we need a whole new generation a new sort of just wave of talent to come on and shake things up where's the women's Brazilian storm Mandy where's that doesn't exist Paul it's bullshit the, well it's, I know I get your point because even looking back to last year at the surf ranch and I think Caroline Marks was the only girl that attempted and pulled off a single aerial and then that was like four days of Perfect ways and with a, with a, a perfect platform. Uh, people seem to think we're not allowed to to critique them, which is bullshit. What? Because they're too fragile? Because they're girls? No, we respect them as athletes, and if we feel that they're not, you know, they could do better, we call it out, Ben. Or at least I do. Yeah. I do. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of the fake news media, Ben. What else have you got on this bag? I haven't got anything else. <laughs> Oh, um, I'll just touch upon... I will probably... You go, though. Yeah, people probably saw my piece online about uh, World Oceans Day being bullshit and everyone talking about plastic. Now I'm mentioning fish, the biggest single driver of sort of death and destruction in the in the marine environment. Uh, some paddling going on right now. Some Cornish pros. Uh, Stokes here, I think Jace Robinson, the Boex brothers. Bunch of the bunch of the lads are paddling to the Scilly Isles from, from Cornwall. Um to raise awareness of plastic pollution. Good intentions. Awareness? I mean, is there anyone in the world that isn't aware of plastic? It's like the, surely it's the single biggest issue. You can't move without being aware about plastic. Why aren't they paddling to raise awareness? Awareness? <laughs> awareness for overfishing, Ben. Why aren't they paddling to say, stop fucking eating the ocean to death? Why aren't they paddling for that? Well, Do you yes. know why? Um, isn't they don't have to be mutually exclusive though? Surely you don't have to not. You can be against pollution and against overfishing, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm against both. Yeah. yeah. Why is no one talking about overfishing? Is my point. No one talking about it. 
Well, there's no, no, nobody. Well, because it's out of sight, out of mind, isn't it, Paul? We see plastic. We deal with it every day of our lives. We don't. People eat fish every day. I mean, no, I, I'm, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But I'm seeing a reason why it's, uh, you know, we need them to be paddling amongst trawlers or yeah, doing something. What you know, what they, or what can you do? You know, to raise awareness. Well, apart from this podcast, which seems to be and my your uncle, main pedestal. And I got asked to speak at a festival. Uh, environmental festival in Bristol on the on the back of the article, which I had to politely decline because I'm sailing. But um, is there any fees involved in that? Just no. They said they'd pay the flights. Oh, that's that, not that bad. It was unpaid it's not bad for you. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, they should be talking about overfishing. It's the thing no one wants to talk about. It's bullshit. Read the IPBES report. It lays it out. It came out in June. Lays it out, plain and simple. The the biggest single threat is overfishing all over the world and no one is talking about it. Everyone is crapping on about fucking bamboo knives and forks and this, what, micro-consumerist bollocks. Buy a water bottle, a metal one. It's just bullshit. Stop eating wild creatures from the marine environment. If you want to do one thing, Wavelength Podcast listeners, to save the planet, shut up about plastic, pick it up, do it quietly. Stop eating fish unless you caught it yourself today. It's not the length So I'm just going to now pass you on to the main event of the evening. It's the Wavelength podcast team and the director himself. We've got Ben Mondi and Paul Evans. Coming down. If you don't, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, do listen to it, but they'll tell you that. Here they are, much more insane than me. Thanks very much for listening, and thank you for coming. Hello, everyone. Ooh, is this on? Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome. Great to see most of you. Um, okay, let's get down to business. A couple of rules. This is cinema. It's kind of a rule about phones. Anyone, anyone in got a phone tonight? Phones, guys? Anyone, anyone in got a phone? Phone out? Probably got a podcast app. On-demand audio app. Just get that up. Subscribe to It's Not The Length. That's our podcast. Yeah. Paul and Ben. Subscribe to the pods. Ben, you got any rules? Yeah, no fingering. So, um... <laughs> Okay. It's, that was awkward, but there was, he made me say it. Also, uh, this is a surf movie. Uh, a lot of movies. You, I mean, you're all surfers. You're. I mean, you're, you're London's best surfers, I can tell. But um, you don't have to be quiet. You can yell. You can let. You can cheer. This is a great movie. It's emotional. It's going to be. Don't yell at, at the bad bits, but the, at the bits that make you feel, make you really feel like a surfer. Yell out and hoot. That's what surf movies do. All right, Ben, it's probably time to get um, the main man on the stage, Michael. Let's, let's bring him on. Mike Oblowitz is the director of this film. Mike has worked in many, many a world. He's worked with David Bowie. He's worked with Diana Ross. He's worked with Val Kilmer. He's worked in Hollywood. He's made amazing documentaries. He's a Hollywood kind of legend. He's some stuff in the uh, Museum of Modern Art. I've heard. I've just read it on Wikipedia. All I know is that Michael Lewis is here and he's going to do his film uh, Heavy Water. We're going to ask him a few questions. He's worked with us too. He's worked with Paul and Ben. Mike, welcome, mate. Grab a seat, Mike. Grab a seat. Thank you for having me. Oh, we have a... You happy? Is this live? Yeah, mate. Oh, Where we going? Fuck. This is a podcast, mate. So I must and a movie. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. yeah. Um, Shouldn't I say thank you to everybody for coming? There's quite a lot of people here. I'm surprised. You guys are awesome. Back of uh, Tihopu. There, which is pumping waves. Just the uh, the helmets. I thought the helmets are making a comeback. Monday loves a bit of helmet. I fucking love a helmet. I love a helmet. Just where it matters and um and when it matters. More right. importantly. So Owen, you're talking about Owen right now. Well, Owen right. Uh, yeah, he. Are we? Are we? Are we right? He um he won the event. He was wearing a helmet. Obviously, two years ago. Um, for listeners that don't know the story, he suffered uh, massive brain injury surfing pipe came back wore a helmet won the event 
redemption story, charging big waves, no, back on gone. track. But it's just a helmet. He's wearing the classic gaff. I mean, that is the only kind of helmet you've got to wear. Um, but also in the event, like, um, other surfers are wearing them as well. Who? <laughs> um, there was Jeremy Flores. Right, but who he, he... Famously, won yeah. also won Chopu in a helmet. Ooh. After he caved his face in an Indo and remarkably came back, there was a bit of a... Um, uh, yeah, a great story. But the point about helmets is that when someone's wearing a helmet and winning, it's always some type of dramatic story. Tom Carroll at Pipe is a famous example. Mm. No one, no one wore helmets back then. He was called a sissy, which is like what they used to the term they used in the early nineties for um for wusses. And Liam McNamara, who also yes. had a visor. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, he would flip it. Um, would he flip it in the tube or would he flip it up? I think he would take off without it and then flip it on the bottom man turn. Um, of course, Sally Fitz Gibbons, uh, Sally Shits Ribbons, as she's mistakenly known. Uh, she wore one in Fiji, and um, yeah, didn't, and didn't win. And yeah, no, she won. Okay, she, she won. Did win. Yeah, I did a bit of research on that, and um, it was modelled to her head, and she thinks she might not auction it for <laughs> to raise some money later on, even though it only fits her head. Uh, fun fact about Sally Fitz: when she won in Brazil, she had her first beer ever. Her first ever drink of beer and her first chip, as in French fry, for 15 years in Brazil. Wow. Yeah. I heard she went absolutely mental. Bet she had a chip and a beer, so. Yeah, yeah. That like no, but then she was, like, she was on a bender for, for like four days, just eating chips, drinking beer oh, for four days straight. Classic fix. Wearing a helmet. <laughs> so that's what I heard. Classic fix. Yeah, helmets are good. I like them. Bring them back. Want more of them. On that note, though, did you read the article on Mercedes Medina? I think that's her name, was in The Guardian, who was a big wave surfer who suffered serious concussion and had, her life's been turned upside down. She suffered a wipe out of jaws, got hit just by the foam, which is what happened to Owen, and then went to the big wave event at Nescot Reef, and then a board hit her. She thought it was the board hitting that was a thing, but she thinks, and basically she had to relearn to walk and talk. She, she's mm. had a massive, her life's been upended. But I don't know, this concussion surfing, it's a bit of a thing. They still don't... They don't have a policy. I mean, it's big news in cricket, obviously. It's all sports. Yeah. yeah. NFL in America. There's a protocol because the danger is getting a second concussion when you've already got a concussion, which sounds like what happened to her. So basically, yes. a doctor should be there. To, and if you've got a concussion, you're out. Like, and that's it. the thing with surfing is it's not impact. Like, it's just like, with Owen, it was just the waves. He didn't hit the reef. His board didn't hit his head. It was just the waves shaking his brain around. So you can't even, sometimes you don't even know if you've been. Anyway, it's just, Food for thought, Paul. Anyway, what have you got? What have you got that's good? Um, I generally, Ben, as you know, and the dear listener know, I don't like to make myself front and centre a story, but sometimes circumstances <laughs> dictate. I've, um, I'm actually, I think, setting, setting a new world, making a historic world record attempt this September for the most days of World Surf League commentary in a calendar month, Ben. I think... Well, I, I, yes, I've been, I mean, I haven't, I don't listen to it, obviously. I mean, I'm only part of the way through, so I shouldn't start beating myself up just yet. I might get sacked tomorrow, but I'm on, I think there's three, maybe four or three days in September where I'm not doing a live broadcast on the World Surf League. you were doing like one of those charity sort of things where you like raise money. I thought you might be raising money for gigs as new leather jacket or um, <laughs> you're doing something where every raising heat, money you raise like your wave, yeah, you, you Donate a pound for every heat you've done, or something like that. That's what I thought you were doing. So that in itself is is, is pretty impressive. Like good good effort for me. You know, way to way to step up to support surfing me. You know, just put myself in the fire line. But that isn't actually the specific part of my girl. Oh. I'm just going to drill down oh, I thought, I thought to was it. a particular part of commentary. You know, like when Daniel Day Lewis, famous method actor, was doing my left foot. It was like the Irish guy with cerebral palsy, or when Hanks was doing that like, gump. And just in the filming stage, I'm not talking about when they edited the movie, but everyone kind of just sort of got goosebumps and thought, Oscars, like, you know, Hollywood, next January, this is getting to the Oscar. I think that I had sort of one of those kind of moments um, in the second half of the final and before the presentation at the longboard event in Pantin. Uh, so basically, little, one little peek behind behind the curtain of longboarding yes please Wingnut Robert Wingnut Weaver who's actually a legend I didn't used to like him but I, I was wrong I've completely changed my mind because I'm mad enough to do that Robert Wingnut Weaver and Shannon Shannon what's her name Hughes Shannon Hughes sorry it's just another Shannon that we're working with now Shannon Hughes who's also an awesome commentator by the way they had to go right they're flying back to go to New York so 10 minutes ago in the final they left they just got in their transport and went 
bleakly, Sam bleakly, Cornish longboard ledge, all round good dude, gentleman, scholar, writer, brilliant guy. Brilliant Corners is his film and it's on World Surf League at the moment. Anyway, he had to come do the PlayStation, get ready for the Prezzo. So I was in the booth on my own, file ended, and we had two cameras live. One was the one in the booth, the other was the drone, and that was it. And for basically like half an hour, it was just pure Evans. It was Evans' stream of consciousness. No, it's, it, was, it sounds like my fucking life, it, to be honest. It was Evans unleashed. I don't know what I talked about, Ben, but by God, <laughs> I stepped up to the plate and I brought it home. Well, what did you, you know, what was your vibe when you, when you spoke to Kelly Poy? You're not sort of giving much away here. You kind of seem to be keeping these Kelly fucking cards close to your chest here. Oh, uh, not, not did, much. Did you break through the, he's, he's, a famously unimpenetrable fucking press release facade. I told him I loved him, actually. I literally said, love you, mate. <laughs> well, oh, that's a nice thing to say. How, how did he take it, Paul? How, how did he respond? Uh, that, was, that was the end, really. Kind of walked off. It's a bit awkward. Should we ever listen to it? Yes, please. It's a tricky little wave. Um... There's a lot of power. You can paddle out. It looks two foot. It's like six foot. Um, you can get caught inside for a really long time. I got beat down in that heat, even though it's not very big today. Um, but, it, you know, having one here, it, it definitely is a little bit of a war of attrition. You'll get some high and low tide heat. You'll get some onshore and some offshore. A little bit like France in that regard. Um, and you got to deal with a lot of closeouts. So it, a lot of the heats do come down to that single big maneuver. And you got to decide if you're keeping your fins in the, in the face or getting them up in the air. And uh, hopefully the wind goes offshore and we get some barrels. Love you, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Have I told you lately that I love you? Love you, mate. I told you there's no one else above you. Love you, mate. Fill my heart with gladness. Love you, mate. Take away all my sadness. Love you, mate. Ease my troubles, that's what you do. Love you, mate. Thanks a lot. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod, like it, leave a comment, tell friends, and send us a tweet at Wavelength Mag, send us a DM on Facey or Instagram, probably. I won't get the Instagram because I've deleted it, but someone will, some lackey.